Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mean O'Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. What are the different objectives? What are the dreams? I was like, just tell tell me your dreams. <laughs> it's really <laughs> one of the questions. I was like, what are your dreams? Like, is it the dream of scale? Is it the dream of this expansion? Is it the dream of new product categories? Is it the dream of fundraising and acquisition in the long term? You know, all of those things. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Asha Coco, president at Forever Mood. But before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. All right, everyone. Asha Coco is the president at Forever Mood, a home fragrance and luxury lifestyle brand founded by entrepreneur and beauty mogul Jackie Ina. Asha brings two decades of experience working with the industry's most coveted brands across retail channels, international markets, and product categories. She is an innovator and strategic partner to C-suite executives building brand, product, and content strategies for global beauty and fashion brands. Whether Fortune 100 companies or high-growth indie superstars, her analytical eye and inspired creativity has activated innovation strategies that deliver sales, growth, consumer, and industry accolades. Asha, welcome to Business of the Beat. I am so excited. I'm burning my Forever Mood candle behind us, so my ambiance is set. Welcome, Thank you for having me. Tell me, what are you burning in the background? It's hard for me to read oh which gosh. scent it is. It's scent moods. Hala. I can tell from the colors. Oh, oh yes. Noah Hala. Yes. One, it's my fave. I am burning it in that room over there in my <laughs> living room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thanks to you guys. I was already a fan. But then with all the goodies that you sent me, I now am trying everything. So I have them spread out all over my house. As you should. I love it. Absolutely. And I want to start, we're going to dive in, get into a great conversation. But I want to start with this quote that Jackie Aina, who is the founder of the brand, who started the brand in 2020, said about you. And it's, Asha is aligned with my vision to elevate self-care and luxury while elevating positive image and storytelling of diverse women. With the addition of Aja as our president, bringing her in extensive fragrance industry experience and leadership, I believe we can bring Forever Mood to the next level. What 
an amazing thing to say and what a great welcome into the company. And so I'm excited to have you on the show to talk about not just Forever Mood, but also yourself as a leader and an executive. We love to hear the stories about amazing women who are leading and really disrupting the industry. So as we dive into this conversation, I'd love if you can just tell us about your background from Estee Lauder, C-suite experience, and now becoming the president of Forever Mood. Oh, I'm happy to. Thank you for this warm welcome. I am so appreciative of Jackie kind of sharing that quote when I joined the brand because it's really honest and truthful. I think that when I met her and um, when I met Dennis, we really shared the same vision and passion of where we thought the brand could go and we're so excited and we're building towards the future. And my passion and expertise really is in the world of scent. But I started my career in brand management roles, working at some of the you know big beauty giants, as you mentioned, Estee Lauder companies. I actually spent my entire undergrad um, Summers, every summer I did an internship at Estee Lauder. So it's like runs deep in my blood. I feel like it was the foundation of where I learned brand management and marketing and, and you know, beauty uh, strategy. Um, I also spent time at Cody um, and I worked on fragrance brands. And I, that was really how I got a taste of the industry was, you know, growing up in it. And I loved to learn how things were made. And so in each role, I really was like, I want to know how I can create. How do I bring a product to life? How do I bring it to market? And that that line of questioning is what led me to fragrance suppliers. So that was kind of the second chapter in my beauty career after the brand management chapter, where I worked for fragrance suppliers working with lots of different types of brands. Um, So again, where I was previously um, part of the brand management team, now they were my client and I was working on accounts like Estee Lauder or Avon. It gave me a lot of breath in the diversity of the different types of brands. And then it was really the rise of the indies that really was when I started to come into my own because I would meet early stage or even pre-revenue entrepreneurs who had these really amazing concepts and wanting to bring them to life, but also needed resources, um, direction, guidance, and just some expertise. Like sometimes it would be things within my wheelhouse. Sometimes it would be without, but we kind of problem solved together. So I felt like I was kind of adjacent and a part of those teams. And I was like, I love working with entrepreneurs and bringing bringing new brands to life. Um, and I think it was through that experience that brought me to Forever Mood, really. Um, And I'm really excited to be here. And I love how you talk about um, kind of growing up, if you will, at Estee Lauder. We've we've had so many conversations on the podcast with executives who have then gone into the indie brands are the startup world and how they truly are able to navigate differently because they've gone through kind of that corporate structure. So when you think about kind of your background coming up, being able to work with brands, the indie brands, and being able to really grow them. What was that transition like then deciding, okay, I'm now going to go to Forever Mood? Was there this moment of, do I want to go here? Do I want to go there? Was it spot on? Let me take the leap and jump. 
I think it was something I had been thinking about for some time. And it was just like the perfect moment to kind of action that like the fire within, if that makes sense. I think one of the challenges when you're in kind of a larger organization, and even though I had this great exposure to independent brands, you know, I still was one piece of a bigger puzzle. And I wasn't affecting, you know, the entire strategy. I was really acting as like a vendor and then sometimes an advisor. And so I felt like that move to being on the brand side and being an entrepreneur within a startup was truly going to be a next step. And I think, you know, it comes with a different set of challenges, um, but also a different set of, you know, responsibilities and ownership, which was really exciting. And what really drew me to Forever Mood specifically was the culture that Jackie and Dennis have created. And I think that it goes back to the brand ethos and just who they are as people. But this idea of like self-care isn't selfish and also really, you know, the way they care for everyone in their ecosystem, um, both on the team and then, you know, the partners we work with, that it is, it's a culture that's really positive and it's supportive and, you know, we want to be a, a brand that does more for our community around us than, you know, just, you know, selling a great product, right? Um, so so I, I think that for me, it was just when I decided to make that change, I, I was thinking, you know what, I've, I've never had this opportunity in my career so far. Like, I, I'm going to do it. I have this expertise that I can draw on. And I have to say, of course, and you learn so much in every role you're in, you, you learn so much every day. And it's really great to be with this team specifically because it's collaborative and we figure it out together. Well, and that's the beauty of it. Um, you talked about culture as kind of the guiding principle. And we are faced with so many opportunities and decisions. And when we can align on culture, culture really is at the heart of the brand. It's the heart of aligning with your consumers. And it's, to, in my opinion, the heart of what makes the product different right? Because there are different categories that have some similar products within them, but that culture really shines through. And for you, you know, you did come into a brand that had launched um, with the celebrity kind of at the helm of it, and you were their first executive appointment. So what was kind of that I'm coming into this business and kudos to Jackie, because a lot of founders have a hard time knowing when it's time to bring in leadership alongside of themselves and even their co-founders. So coming into the brand, what was that like kind of being the first executive appointment and what were your, what was your first order of business? Mm. Coming into the brand, honestly, I really wanted to learn where there was success and where there was challenges. And I remember I, I was, I mean, I was immediately on a plane to go be with them my first week. I, I live in New York City and they're in LA and we, um, we spend time with each other in both places, um, working on the brand. And I, um, I just wanted to understand their priorities, their passion, their vision and where they wanted to move the brand in the future. And so I could start to map, okay, how can we, what are the different objectives? What are the dreams? I was like, just tell, tell me your dreams. <laughs> it's really <laughs> one of the questions I was like, 
what are your dreams? Like, is it the dream of scale? Is it the dream of this expansion? Is it the dream of new product categories? Is it the dream of fundraising and acquisition in the long term? You know, all of those things. Um, and we, we just spoke really openly about it. Um, I also wanted to really understand the ecosystem and how, how the business was working. And I think um, for me, it was just to understand every single work stream from operations to, you know, marketing to digital and social and um, where are we winning and where are we like not taking advantage of a great opportunity. And I think that my first order of business, because I come from the world of products and being so close to products and formulations was I, I wanted to help realize Jackie's vision to continue to elevate the products. And I think they had done a wonderful job, you know, making it happen. I mean, in the pandemic, when no one could get access to anything, I mean, it's tremendous what they achieved at a time that was so difficult for people to, uh, brands to develop. Um, but I immediately knew there was room to just, just, to just bring it to the next level in terms of the types of partners to collaborate with, with perfumers, with materials, with ingredient stories, and just how that manifests into the technical performance of the candle you're burning behind you. So actually behind you, the Owambe <laughs> collection, um, Jackie's Owambe collection was one of the first that I um, supported her in the product development for. Oh, wow. It happened very quickly within that kind of that first month of making that come to life. Well, and then I think along the way, um, it's really been also making sure that we have a really strong infrastructure as we plan to scale in the future. And it's really been coming down to thinking about the ecosystem of partners and how um, our, our operational and financial framework is set up and um, making sure that we're you know strong and healthy and prepared for our next chapter. Of well, and I love how you share. Thank you for that, because we have so many founders and executives um, who listen to the podcast. And it is the question of how do I bring someone on? How do, what, what do I even assign them? And I love how you start with what are your dreams? Because we can work around understanding what our intention is and where we're trying to go and then building the order of operation and performance and really prioritizing whenever you come into a new company so that you can track along that. And you're so multifaceted. Like, yes, it's the scent piece, but it's also the product development piece that you have. It's the overall industry knowledge that you bring that is so important. And when you think about um, strategically, so we have so many founders who are trying to figure out not just the product development, but then where are their products sold? And you guys have an amazing partnership with Sephora. You have your D2C. What does that look like for you in terms of your price points, your stance on luxury? How, do you, how are you looking at expanding across retail and D2C? Kind of what's your pulse on that? Sure. Well, we are very intentional and it really starts with the reason Jackie created the brand. And when she was looking at the market and she's correct because I have studied the market in my previous roles, I was that person saying there's a gap here and Jackie zoned in on it, rightfully so. So you have a lot of 
brands that are positioned as luxury that to her um, community of followers is just completely inaccessible. It's what you would kind of call this, you know, upper niche, um, niche fragrance territory. And you might be spending 70, 80, over a hundred dollars for a candle. And then you have another part of the market, which is very accessible and, for lack of better words, when we're speaking, you said we're having a conversation. We'll call it like it's super basic, right? She's like, it's, but it's straightforward, right? It's, it is what it is. And it's a pumpkin and it's called a pumpkin since it's, we're in pumpkin season. <laughs> right. That's um, it. <laughs> and from a design perspective, may not be what Jackie will say is, you know, it's not cute, but it's not an elevated design and it's not, you know, necessarily always, um, like inspired by home decor trends, for example. And and while it's accessible and a lower cost, it's not, you know, that elevated experience. And so she had been also um, really building her platform um, on Lavishly Jackie, where it is very much focused on home. And I mean, she has such an exquisite aesthetic. She's like, I would like to find something in the middle because I want to bring quality fragrances that give you a piece of luxury. We call it bougie on a budget. And (laughs) it's like such a fun play on words, but it is. It's bougie on a budget so that you can have a piece of luxury, but you don't have to spend $100. But you also, you you know, you're getting something quality. It's not $5 in a mass, you know, store. It's something in the middle. And we're starting to see more brands emerge in that space. There is a, a competitive landscape. I think what sets forever apart are a few things. One, we have a great value proposition arc with the size of our candle is actually much larger than our competitors. So the value is in there. Um, and then, of course, the quality of the formulations, which I hope you're having fun burning Noah Hala. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's like wrapping your environment in like luxury in cashmere. You just like feel warm and cozy when you burn it. Um, yes. I think also it's the voice of the brand. And the way we talk about fragrance and the way it can be fun and trend driven and not so serious. And I think what a lot of the, you know, more established brands in the marketplace, you do see them elevate through storytelling of raw materials, but it's so serious, almost in a way that could be a little bit um like non-inclusive to yeah. the conversation and intimidating because you're like, I-, I don't know what this what is bergamot? And I don't get it, right? Like it's a specific material that's used in perfumery, but not that not everyone knows what that is unless you've lived it like a person like myself who's lived it and (laughs) and knows all about it. Um, And so I think we really try to have fun with the language of perfumery and make sure that, you know, we're, we're, tapping into uh, language that's very much in the pop culture vernacular. And Jackie also likes to pull in, you know, the African-American, you know, uh, vernacular as well. Um, We had um, a fragrance from our summer collection that did extremely well. And it, it was called thirst trapping and it's like social media (laughs) went wild. Right. Because it's like, it was the summer of the thirst trap and thirst trapping was like, it was juicy. It was the whole story was around a watermelon. It was fresh. It was juicy. It was a watermelon. It was like everything you'd expect a thirst trap to be. And then we were able to tell stories through content. We had a little vignette where you had like a little love story with your thirst trap, your summer thirst trap. And it just makes it like, you know, inviting people into 
to be playful with said. And I think that's what it's about. And it's um, what's really exciting to see how the community, the community engages and how excited they are to engage in dialogue with us about sense, about the content and just the brand. Like it's a vibe, it's a mood. It's about, you know, fragrance can like completely change your, your mood. And so this, these fragrances are supposed to like enhance your day, enhance your vibe and like lift, lift the moment. Well, and they really do. And I love how you talk about just the funness of it all and playing on culture. Because when you think about Jackie and kind of even what she stands for and the playfulness and like the fun, like I I really believe that's what sets the brand apart because you're able to not take fragrance so serious. And you coming from that industry, there is sometimes this air of non-inclusivity or when you think about fragrance and kind of the highbrow nature of it. And so to infuse that in this way, it's so smart and it really does set you apart. And even when you think about some of the marketing, like I love how you have the ability to shop your moods, how you can find your mood. Like that's the whole, when you think about culture, I'm like, oh, that is the culture from the candle club to the blog. All of that is what makes it so much greater than just we're selling a candle because it's so much more than that. Even when you think about the lifestyle nature, of kind of how you have marketed the company in that way. And is that when you when you kind of come into something like this and you think about that, what's the balance that you see from like the purest of fragrance <laughs> to our culture is fun and we're gonna market to this way because that seems to really be the ecosystem. Yeah, I think you can have pieces of both. And I think it's all about how you tell the story, right? So I, in previous roles, I mean, I've worked with hundreds of brands and they all have different voices. So the way you tell the story of that scent is different. Um, I think that um, there's a specific customer that really wants to have like the level of elevated detail around raw materials and ingredients. And I think that there are heroes that should be highlighted and we should tell stories about it, but it shouldn't be in a way that feels like, you know, you know, like that, that high end, like expensive wine. You're like, I don't understand this grape varietal and the terroir and where did it come from? And, (laughs) and, and I just want to drink a nice glass of red wine. Right. Um, so I think it's like finding the balance and, and making sure that we tell the story in a way that invites everyone in, but still while celebrating those wonderful, revered raw materials. I'll give you an example. In our Owambe collection, we have a candle called Jaye and it means, uh, celebrate, celebrate life. Um, in, uh, Yoruba, which is a Nigerian language. And um, the fragrance is a sandalwood fragrance. And I think we, I remember we did a piece of content, but we were really trying to just tell the story of like sandalwood. And the idea is like, you can, you can create all these parallels, like you're celebrating life and individuality and yourself, but also like sandalwood is a pillar within the fragrance industry. And it is celebrated because of its purity, its creaminess, its groundedness. And you, you really can, um, like we were able to tell a story about a type of wood that is quite specific and you may or may not know about it. Um, 
but link it back to kind of its purpose and like what its concept was and like how we want it to make you feel. We want it to make you feel like grounded, comforted, like honored. And I think it's so interesting because when you talk about that and the excitement and the energy and the whole brand being intentional and you're like, it is about celebrating life. And so we can play into culture. We can have this amazing fragrance that is rooted in the true sense of the industry. It's something sandalwood, but then we can also make it be uniquely ours. And I love this notion, you know, so much of the brand is really about luxury. It's about self-care. And for you, when you think about how the brand is evolving and how you as the president are also coming in what does that look like for your self-care? Because you're a mom, you're a high-power executive, you're leading the brand into the future and it's already been so successful. So what does that kind of look like in terms of your own self-care, which I know is so important to you and to Jackie, to, especially for women, to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves? Yeah, you know, and I have two very young children two and five years old. So, <laughs> so I am in it. <laughs> yes, um, and you they're, are. They're, they're amazing, but you know, they're, they, they have a lot of energy. Um, but I think the way I manage my own self care, um, I like to be scheduled so that I can carve out time. It helps me feel organized and ready to conquer the day. Um, one of the things I love to do, I, I do find that the days I can exercise in the morning uh, are the days I feel really productive and I feel like my energy level's even higher. Yes. Um, so I try to prioritize that. I don't do it every single day, but I definitely try to prioritize it on many weekdays. Um, I also have my self-care grooming rituals I try to make time for because I know that I won't feel like myself if I don't, you know, feel like I've got my mani or I've got my brows or whatever, you know, I did my hair, whatever it may be. Um, and I think it's about, yeah, finding, finding the finding the balance. It's also like time with my family and my kids. So like I make sure every morning I have a breakfast ritual with my boys before they go off to school and to their days. Um, and I make sure that, you know, we do that, we do that together. And it's quite, it's quite extensive. There's like waffles and there's bacon and wow. it's usually like, it's part of the meal prep on the weekends, but then they can have this like fun breakfast. I'm not doing that, like making it from scratch every day. But um, so I think um, I'm like, Listen, there are going to be days that are like super crazy and busy um, on all facets. But, um, you know, I think I also the other thing that I think helps me with self-care is I have a wonderful husband partner who um, like we support each other and we're a really great team. And so we know when like when to support each other and flex and and how to you know manage the time. I, I love that. And it's so funny, as you were talking, I was like, are we doing homemade waffles? And are we like... <laughs> we're, we actually are. Well, we do them on Sunday. We make a batch of waffles and then they get, they're put in the fridge and then during the week they're, they're munched on. 
I love that. I love the, the merging of how we show up in business and how we show up for our families. Because of course, Asha, if you like to be scheduled, you're highly meal prepped. So it makes it makes so much sense. And and I think that we would be remiss if we didn't kind of talk about it because we're seeing so much merging of I am the president of this company, but I'm also still a mom and a wife and a friend. And so much has been placed around the mental health of executives who are leading, especially as we kind of think about what's happening in the market. And as you kind of think through the next, you know, we're clearly going into holiday. We have a big 2023. Um, what are you seeing just from your position in the market in terms of supply chain, manufacturing, inflation? Are there things that you're kind of thinking through that you're working around or what kind of advice can you lend? Yeah, well, we, we talk about these things all the time. Um, you know, the supply chain challenges that are impacting everyone have been, I mean, they've been huge challenges and they, they, and they impact the business, right? They've hit every brand. Um, they've hit us. I think what we're really doing is, um, obviously we're, we're looking forward to have a strong holiday, holiday because of supply chain, of course, got slightly delayed, but it's all, it's all coming very soon. <laughs> well, we're going to go live in November and it's going to be amazing. Um, we're super excited and we're really, we're really looking to our planning for next year as well. And so it's in different phases. So we have some innovation that's coming at different times of the year that we're super excited about. So I think that will kind of be kind of, again, part of this journey for forever mood in terms of how we evolve the brand and bring it to the next level. I think the other thing we think about a lot too is our community. We have this amazing group of consumers in our candle club right now. It's almost 1500 consumers who buy um, this exclusive collection that drops quarterly and we've been thinking, and actually, we also just started um, a community platform on a platform called Geneva. Uh, yes. Dennis led that, and you'll, and I know you're speaking with him as well. So it's it's really amazing because we just started piloting it, and this group of people they are amazing. They're engaged. They just want to talk to us about the brand and just like have have forever moments together, right? And talk about how the brand has impacted them and their lives. Um, and so we have we spent a lot of time thinking about how is our product mix going to evolve to address the needs of our consumer? And to your point, like the changing economic dynamic in terms of inflation and otherwise. And I think we're ideating around different types of business models, whether it's like different, it could be subscription models or set offerings, what have you. How can we continue to deliver on our um, promise to make luxury accessible? And I think that it's going to be a mix of things in terms of making it price point or frequency of purchase and otherwise. Um, so I think I'm like, we are still like, you know, working out what those programs will be, right? But I think that you'll see our brand evolve in terms of its offering so that we can meet the consumer where they are. I love that. And I think any good company is thinking about that and assessing even the successes with things that may not have worked. And the Candle Club is such a powerful not just way to bring consumers together, but even just the data. And Geneva is a fantastic platform. I think so much when we think about culture is 
community base. So I'm excited for the evolution. I'm excited to continue to watch the brand grow, all of the new things that you have in store. Um, and as we wrap up, we always like to share our community findings of other great brands, products. Um, I know that you have a wealth of them, but if there's one that you can share, of course, Forever Mood is forever in our hearts, but we always love to pay homage to others who are doing great things in the space. Mm. I, I'm like, <laughs> there are so many things. I have to give a shout out to our friends at Huda Beauty yes. because they have so many products that, I mean, I'm actually using multiple products of theirs on my face right now. Um, I can't live without their overachiever um, under eye concealer. It's changed my face. I think it like takes 10 years off my face. I feel like glowy and beautiful and confident when I wear it. Um, and, um, and also they have an amazing like, uh, product in their glowish line that really just illuminates the skin. So, so this is a brand I love. I love them in earlier in my career, I worked with Huda and Mona on the development of Kaoli fragrances. Yes. So um, I know them super well. And I, I, you know, I keep repurchasing all these color cosmetics products. <laughs> I was like, they, they just work, they work for me. So I love them. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we love them too. They are, um, I'm the co-founder of Beauty United and they have been such supporters of the nonprofit, showing up, supporting, um, and the brand is just amazing. So that's a great one. We we love Huda Beauty. So thank you, Asha. Um, congratulations again. I know that you're, you're well in the mode and we're excited to see what's coming for Forever Mood. And Dennis will be on the show as well and we'll continue this so that we can continue the conversation and support of Forever Mood. And we're just huge fans of you and Jackie and Dennis. Thank you so much, Kendra. We are so happy to be part of your podcast and um, chat about Forever Mood. We always leave it with um, stay lit. <laughs> I love that. Stay lit. <laughs> And every week I share an influencer I'm checking out. And thanks to Asha, make sure to follow one of our favorites at Huda Beauty by the amazing makeup artist and blogger Huda Katan and Mona Katan. So make sure to follow at Huda Beauty. And as always, I love to leave you with one thing from today's guest. And that is, what are your dreams? As Asha said, her first question was, what are your dreams? So make sure that you're clear and you're intentional on what your dreams are. And with that, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next week. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast. And on IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a mean old line media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.